to the Beef Up Front Podcast. Your host, Ryan Coyle, joined alongside Joe Kometz for our weekly show, College Basketball Top 10 Games of the Weekend. Um, Introducing a new segment today as we get closer to March. uh, We'll be doing a little more bracket talk. We have the blind resume game where I'll be giving Joe two teams, uh, some of their uh, qualifications, some of what's on their resume. Uh, Joe has to pick which team he would put in the tournament and which team he would put out of the tournament. Um, but to recap last week, I had my best week of the year. I went nine and one. Joe had a really good week as well, going seven and three. Um, that puts our season record to Joe. You're up 45, 23. I'm 42 and 26. Uh, but we got another 10 games to preview for this weekend. A bunch of great ranked on ranked games, uh, big weekend coming up and, and just a few more weeks until we're, until we're at March. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you're seeing the board very clearly right now with all your picks here, with your dogs of the day on Twitter that you've been releasing lately. You know, you got to feel pretty confident heading into the Super Bowl. And, you know, as we're inching closer to March, you know, you're on fire right now. That's the one thing doing 10 games now. It's like I see three of my teams lose. I'm like, oh, man, I'm having a terrible week. In reality, they're like, oh, seven and three, but you're still two games. You gained two games on me going nine and one. I mean, you've just been on a tear lately. Yeah, it's that it's kind of that time of year where kind of I feel like have a better feel for some teams. Like I remember one of our, I think it was our first show. We had like Louisville and DePaul on there as like a big game. Yeah, yeah. that was I like sit, both of them sitting at like eight and one or like nine and zero. Oh, and now you look at them and they're at the bottom of their conferences pretty much. Uh, but we'll get into our our first blind resume. Uh, we'll be doing this each week. We're going to be putting two different teams on each week. Uh, so this data is via a website I found called bracketresearch.com. It's pretty cool. It's got a bunch of uh, metrics and stuff like that. So if you're into some resume talk, go check that out. Uh, but so for Team 1, as of right now, their record 17 and 17-7. They're 40 in the net. Um, they're 0-7 in Quad 1, but they're 4-0 in Quad 2, 8-0 Quad 3, 5-0 Quad 4, and 44th in Ken Palm. Team two, they are 14 and eight. They're 76 in the net. Four and five in quad one. 0 and two in quad two. Five and one in quad three. Five and 0 in quad four. And 77th in Ken Palm. So which team would you be putting in and which team would you put putting out? I mean, the net ranking and Ken Palm ranking for team A is the only reason why I would consider them. But 0 and seven in quad one is like, terrible mm-hmm. but like that's the one thing that team two has they have big wins mm-hmm. but i mean if i have a gun to my head I, you know i'm just going off of that i would say the team with the higher net and ken palm ranking just in terms of what the committee would do as well i feel like they would get the nod but i think team b has better wins but i would go i would put team a in if we're picking last team so team one would be north carolina you'd have them in the field yeah i mean just because well, now especially, too, that you bring up, like, the name. But, like, just because I know, like, 0-7 and, and quad one is, t- is terrible. But with the good net ranking and Ken Palm ranking, that might be enough to put them in. Team two is Creighton. Really? Yeah. Creighton's numbers are that, like, for the net and Ken Palm are that low? Yeah. I don't know how they do these calculations. I'm just surprised yeah. that I feel like they're a lot better than those numbers. Yeah, and I think on they just the, beat UConn the other day. I think in the bracket, uh, Lenardi's recent bracket that he had on Tuesday, Carolina was last four in, I believe, and Creighton was like the first team out. 
Creighton was the first team out, and Carolina was the third to last team in the bracket. Yeah, so, I mean, you're kind of right there with that thinking. So, that's UNC and Creighton's resumes as of now recording this on Thursday. So, uh, we'll be back next week with two different teams, two different bubbles, but kind of caught you by surprise there. When you said Creighton, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting, like, a more, like, mid-major. Like, if you said, like, Belmont, I would have been like, uh-huh. oh, all right. But Creighton, no, that surprises me that they're uh... – their net and Ken Palm are that low. Yeah, I think I probably would have leaned Creighton. I, I know that they're, like you quad said, the numbers, but yeah, four big. quad one wins. But North Carolina, they still got a few left on their schedule. If they're unable to get any quad one win, I don't think there's a way you could put them in. I mean, I agree with that. If they end up going, oh, and seven, they're going to probably have a few more quad ones, especially with Duke yeah, and ACC, ACC tournament, tournament coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, if they post like an 0 oh, and 10 mark in quad one, yeah. the only way they're getting in is, like I said, the name and the brand. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they're playing on a Tuesday night at 9 o'clock against, like, San Diego State, people are going to watch that game. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of, like, putting them in. All right. Well, now we'll get into our uh, top 10 games of the weekend. We start on Friday night in the Big East with number 24, UConn, at 16-6. and six. At number 25, Xavier, who's 16-7. and seven. 7 o'clock tip-off on FS1. This is the only game tomorrow night that's even, like, worth talking about. Like, mm-hmm. tomorrow night's slate. Yeah, I think there's, like, 11 games. Or I know normally Friday slates aren't great, which doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like being at, you know, a Friday night, you'd want to put a couple more games. Mm-hmm. Nothing too crazy, but, you know, more than just this game. Um, I think UConn's a better team than Xavier, so I have them winning 73-72. But as someone who saw what a desperate team can do on Tuesday when UConn beat uh, Marquette from tip to finish, and even Shaka Smart said in his post-game interview, he's like, yeah, UConn outplayed us, but you know, it helps when you have the gift of the desperation on your side. Huh. Xavier in this spot terrifies me because they have not been playing good basketball of late, mm-hmm. losing back-to-back games to Seton Hall and DePaul, barely beating Butler. You know, not having great wins lately, not playing that, you know, great of basketball. If they want to stay alive in the tournament, this would be a huge push in the right direction, especially, you know, what scares me too. We're going to Cincinnati on a Friday night where their Bengals play on a Sunday. Those fans are going to be geared up for a crazy weekend. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to probably be a great atmosphere tomorrow night. Um, So that really scares me. But I think UConn is the better team. I think. Like, top to bottom, like, if you go through the rosters, we just have better guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think that that's going to be the difference here. I like UConn as well, 72-67. I think it's a bigger game for Xavier than UConn. UConn has some better wins on their resume, uh, including two against Marquette, like you said, winning against Auburn. Uh, Xavier doesn't have much. They need a win like this. Um, but we kind of have seen this over the years with them. They kind of start out high, and once conference play starts, uh, at least under Travis Steele, uh, having some more road games, they begin to struggle. Uh, like you said, losing at Seton Hall, home to DePaul, um, only beat Butler by two. Um, so this is a team that's not really playing that well right now. Um, their home court advantage that's supposed to be one of the better ones in the country hasn't been that great so far as, as they've lost two out of the th- three. Uh, and one of those was the one game that they won was the Butler game that they only won by two. So um, I like UConn to go on the road here. I think Xavier's not really playing that well right now. Uh, I like UConn's guard play, and I think that makes a difference at the end. So give me them 72-67. Uh, now we go to Saturday, number 20, Texas, 18-6, and six, at number 10, Baylor, 20-4, and four, 12 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. Um, I can definitely see this game being a Texas upset. However, I'm picking Baylor 63, Texas 60. Um, I do think they're the better team. They have been banged up lately. And also out of their last four, you know, they're 2-2 two and two with an ugly loss to Kansas and a, you know, a pretty bad loss to Alabama as well. 
Bama seemed like they were kind of in control that whole game a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, Baylor being at home here, I think, is going to be um, huge. Texas coming off a pretty emotional spot, beating Kansas the other night. Um, I definitely think Kansas is definitely starting to wake up at the right time. You know, they're starting to play a lot better, and as, you know, we inch closer and closer to the tournament. Um, however, I just think Baylor at home here is going to be the difference. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tight game throughout, but give me Baylor late. I'm going Texas. I got them 70 to 65. Uh, the Texas team that we saw the other night was kind of the team that I expected coming into this year and the one that I've been calling for on this show throughout the season. They got up and down more, played a little more high scoring uh, in the 70s, and that's how they were able to beat Kansas. If you're going to play these these tournament caliber teams, sure, you're really going to want to bank and rely on your defense and, and that defensive system that Chris Beard runs. Uh, but you have all that offensive talent. Let those guys score a little bit too. Won five out of six, and that one loss was at Texas Tech um, in, in that raucous environment. Texas is 9-2, and two, though, I saw today when they score 70 or more points. So I think to reach their ceiling, that's how they have to continue to play, get up and down a little bit. Um, Baylor still isn't fully healthy and are struggling. I like the Longhorns to keep it rolling here. Uh, be a big win for them if they're able to go 2-0 and oh this week with wins over Baylor and Kansas. Uh, so give me Texas 70, Baylor 65. Now we go to the Big East, Seton Hall, 15-7 at number 15, Villanova, who's 18-6. and So 1 o'clock tip-off tip on Fox. Talk about another team who's kind of had their backs up against the wall lately. Um, you know, Seton Hall, you know, they've won three straight. You know, they won at Georgetown, home against Creighton, then home against Xavier. You know, all well and good. But those three teams, you know, like we said, Xavier kind of struggling lately. Creighton's been tough to read. Georgetown mm-hmm. just got awful. Um, going to Villanova on Saturday, I don't think they're going to win. I have Nova winning pretty big, actually, 80-66. to 66. I, just got, I just got a feeling we're in for a big blowout spot here from Nova. Um, they're a better team. You know, Gillespie, they both played, right? Gillespie and um, – Justin Moore. Yeah, and Moore yeah. both played against St. John's. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Bryce Aiken for Seton Hall uh, might be coming back, but I still I don't think that's really going to matter. You know, Seton Hall going on the road. Villanova is still – the team to be in the Big East, as they always are. I know technically Providence has a better record than them right now, but like we talked about with all these other conferences, it's Philadelphia yeah. at home. They should be able to take care of business. Yeah, I like Villanova. I like them closer, though. I got them 68 to 64. Uh, Seton Hall has been playing better, kind of shades of what they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, and it sounds like Bryce Aiken could be coming back for Saturday. So, uh, like you said, though, Joe, Gillespie and Moore both played, but Gillespie clearly hampered, had zero points in that game. Um, hopefully for the Wildcats, that's on something that's going to linger throughout the rest of the year. Um, but they've been getting great interior play from Eric Dixon. He's been a force in recent weeks, a lot of uh, double-figure scoring. So, But he has a tough matchup against a really long um, and big Seton Hall front line. So uh, it's really hard to ever pick against the Wildcats at home. So I'm going to roll with them here, but I think Seton Hall gives them a good run this weekend. Uh, but Villanova wins 68-64. Uh, to the Big Ten now, Indiana 16-7 and at 17, Michigan State, who's 17-6. and So 3.30 tip on Fox. This is a sneaky, like, loser leaves town game in terms of not, you know, missing the tournament, but the loser of this game will be a huge pretender in my eyes. I mean, Michigan State lost back-to-back games, blowout loss at Rutgers, and a home game against Wisconsin, which – I saw, you know, I was watching Sports Center the other night. It was the first time since like 2012 where Michigan State hadn't led for a second in a home in a home loss. Um, you know, bad loss there. You know, Indiana also on a two-game losing streak, losing most recently at Northwestern. 
Um, Coach Woodson suspending a couple players before the game definitely adds an air of like uncertainty, like what's really going on with Indiana here. Um, I think they have enough wins early on that you know if they take care of business against the teams that they're going to be favored against the rest of the season, they mm-hmm. should be fine. But this game, however, too, especially Izzo coming off back-to-back losses, I don't see him losing three straight. I think he's going to have his guys ready. I have Sparty uh, 77-68. I got Michigan State as well. Lower scoring, though, 65-60. Indiana kind of reminds me of Xavier, uh, as I was, I was talking about earlier. They kind of start high, and then when, once they get into conference play, got to go on the road a little bit more, then they start to falter. Um, Michigan State hasn't been that sharp either, though, recently. Uh, they've both lost two in a row and three out of five. So Haslam Metrics is uh, used to project some of these games. Projecting a 68-66 win here for Michigan State. Uh, I agree that Spartans will win. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a low-scoring game. They're 8-1 and one at home this season, coming off a home loss to Wisconsin. Um, those two teams kind of swapped home-and-home home wins this year, so um, I don't see them dropping two in a row. I think Indiana is safely in the field uh, as of now, barring anything crazy, but this would mark their third loss in a row with Illinois and Purdue still on their schedule. They could uh, creep down into maybe a playing game uh, if they continue to struggle. To the Big 12 we go, 16-5 and five, TCU at number 9 Texas Tech. 18 and 6. Um, this is a 4 o'clock tip off. Right, Texas Tech winning this game 62 to 59. I feel like it's going to be a close game. TCU is a lot better than I was expecting this season. You know, they're definitely in the tournament. And I was reading uh, ESPN's Bubble Watch, and it said if TCU makes it this year, it's going to be just their second bid since like 1998 to the tournament, which is crazy. Like, I had no clue that that was a thing. But TCU's having a great season right now. However, Texas Tech is a different animal. They have a tough loss at Oklahoma the other night. Um, but I think, you know, like you're going to talk about, you know, they were kind of due for that. They had a couple big wins. That Texas win from, you know, a couple weeks ago is still huge and just like such a big emotional spot. Um, but I feel like Texas Tech's going to have a big bounce back spot here um, in Lubbock. Um, and shout out Lubbock Cooper. Shout out Coach Poe. Um, I think the Red Raiders are a better team, and I just I don't see them dropping back to back games. Yeah, Lenardi, as of now, has in the East region, they have the battle of two five-loss teams meeting up in the 8-9 game in Wake Forest versus TCU. So these are two teams out of five losses only at this point in the season as 8-9 seeds. Um, Haven't played the the greatest schedule, don't have the greatest resume, but still. um, Like you you were saying before the show with Wake Forest and the ACC, if you're able to go through that with – a minimal amount of losses, you deserve to be in the tournament. That's what it's looking like for TCU. Um, but I think Texas Tech gets them in this one, 68-59. Um, yeah, I think I thought Texas Tech was due the other night. The spread in that game was only like two and a half. Oklahoma's back was against the wall. They needed a win to keep their tournament hopes alive, and they were able to get it. Uh, I'm still very high on this team, and I think they have Final Four potential just because they defend so well, and they've been getting gradually better on offense throughout the year. So um, I like them to win this game over a solid TCU team pretty easily. Uh, at home in a bounce back, 68 to 59. Um, our first Ohio Valley Conference game of the year on the show. We got number 23, Murray State, ranked for the first time in in a decade, I believe, sitting at 22 and 2. Uh, they travel to Moorhead State, Kenneth Fareed's uh, former school. They're 19 and 6. And this is a 4 o'clock tip off on ESPN. Plus. Both are playing Thursday night as well. So those records will be altered. Shout out to the Racers here. You know, great season. I think Murray State is starting to become a little bit, you know, more like I was talking about Wichita State and um, 
Loyola Chicago, where they're kind of expected now, you know, next year, them and Belmont heading over to the Missouri Valley, which is definitely an upgrade in conference. Um, that'd be a, that'd be a really good that's conference. It'd be a very good conference. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think that the Eagles are going to use the home crowd. I'll keep it close. Morehead State is the Eagles, by the way, for those who don't know. I, I'm just saying these mascots like people would, you know, know. Um, but Murray State is a damn good team. They only have two losses, as you, know, you said. One of them is to East Tennessee State, which is on a neutral court, I believe. And the other one was at Auburn, who's currently number one in the country. Also, that was their last loss, which was December 22nd, 2021. So they haven't lost yet in the calendar year of 2022. Um, Lenardi currently has them as a 10 seed going up against number seven, Arkansas. That's going to change as Arkansas is going to go up. Yeah. But Murray State will be a very popular team to maybe win a game, depending on how the bracket breaks, especially, too, if they draw, you know, one of the struggling two seeds mm-hmm. that, you know, you see. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Murray State maybe getting primed for a Cinderella-type run this year. If Murray State wins out and finishes this, the regular season and conference tournament with only two losses, how high do you think they could go? They'd be pro- I'm going to look right now how many wins they would actually have. You could do your analysis. All right. I'll get back to you in uh, a second. They'd be pretty high. I like Murray State as well. I got them 78-70. Um, going to be honest, I haven't seen either of these teams play this season. Hopefully you can catch some of this game on Saturday, but uh, cool to see Mary State ranked. It, it's it's nice to get some other teams in the rotation here, as we did with college football as well. Haslametrics projecting a 70-65 to 65 win here by the Racers. Uh, Mary State, a very good offensive team, looking at the numbers, putting up 81.3 a game. That ranks 10th in the country, and they take pretty good care of the basketball. Um, I don't think, looking at the numbers of Moorhead State on the offensive side of the ball, that they have enough firepower to keep up with Mary State. Uh, so I think this is a, a pretty high-scoring game. These two teams go back and forth, but Mary State kind of pulls away in those last five to six minutes. Uh, and they'd won by 11 points a few weeks ago as well. I uh, don't know if you touched on that or not, but still, that is a uh, – I think that that win on the at home, uh, that kind of carries over into this road game here as well, and Mary State keeps it rolling. So Murray State would finish the season, the regular season, 30-2 and two if they won out. And if you think the OVC, you know, you one plays to eight, you know, you get three games, maybe thirty three and two. I could see them maybe getting like a low eight seed, Damn. maybe you know, like the like the best nine. But I could see them getting up there. Maybe you know, if a couple teams lose, like depending on how the bracket breaks, I also would be shocked if they're you they can sit at seven. So there's yeah. a lot of teams in the middle of the bracket right now that are kind of you know the jury's still kind of out on them. You don't know what you're getting. Murray State, you know what you have, and you have a very good basketball team so don't be surprised i would say most likely you know an eight nine i thought if they got if they go 33 and two they were up be more up to like a five or a six they area. could don't get me wrong i'm just like looking at even like when you look at like gonzaga when i mean the west coast is definitely better but when you look at like gonzaga from when they like would lose like five or six games, they would still usually be like around that mark, wouldn't they? That's true. Yeah, I could definitely see Murray State. I mean, I haven't looked at the resume to see who who they beat and all, but yeah. still, thirty three and two. And it also depends, you know, like we said, it depends on how the rest of the bracket like breaks. Because if all these other six and five seeds still do well, it'll be tough because they're obviously in power leagues yeah. with a lot better quality games. But I could definitely see them getting a potential eight seed. Isn't Belmont on that. the bubble as well? Belmont, according to Lenardi, is the first team in the next four out. Yeah, so, I mean, they have them on the schedule, I think. This game against uh, um, Morgan State tonight. is a quad one. And they play – they do play tonight. They play – Does hold on. Belmont play Morehead State tonight? Um, well, I know Murray State tonight is at Tennessee State. They should win that game yeah. pretty easily. But Belmont also is 20-5. and five. 
They play 19 and 6 Moorhead State tonight. Yeah, that's supposed to be a pretty good game. Um, the OVC is good. The yeah. OVC, especially too, when Murray State and Belmont leave, it's going to kind of be Moorhead State's conference to lose. Yeah. But um, a two bit OVC would be very cool. All right. Now we'll go into, uh, I think we got three or four more games kind of running low on time. So run through these quick. We got uh, SEC game here. We got Mississippi State 14 and 9 at LSU 17 and 7, 8 o'clock tip off. LSU 70, Missouri, or Missouri State, Mississippi State uh, 69. I think the Bulldogs are, you know, kind of soft. I don't really think they're that good. Um, a lot of people, you know, tend to disagree. But um, I think LSU another team, you know, desperate for a win back against the wall. I feel like at home they're going to get it done. I like LSU as well. I got them 72 to 64. Um, after starting off really hot, I think 15 and 1 was their start. They've kind of faltered. Um, that's part to playing against – Probably the best SEC I can remember uh, in like my college basketball lifetime, uh, and some injuries as well. But against teams not named Texas A and M, they've lost six games in a row. Uh, so out of their last eight games, the only two wins they have are against Texas A and M. Uh, Mississippi State has been a team that I think they're like right there. If they bring back a lot of their core for for next season, I think that they could be a very good team next year. Uh, but they've just been so close so many times this year. Uh, almost knocked Tennessee off the other night. Nearly won at Kentucky. They just haven't been able to pull off that big like signature win. Uh, you go and win this game, you're squarely back on the bubble. You lose this, your chances are kind of fading away. But uh, I think they're a pretender and won't be dancing come March. LSU looking to get back on track uh, and gets a win here at home. Um, now we go to the West Coast Conference. We got number 22, St. Mary's at 19-5. At number 2, Gonzaga, 19-2. 10 o'clock tip-off. Uh, they these two teams also play tonight on Thursday, so those records will be different. Yeah, St. Mary's plays San Diego at home, and Gonzaga plays Pacific at home. They should both have twenty wins. Yeah, two twenty-one teams in the West Coast Conference. Two teams, unless St. Mary collapses at the end of the season, both these teams we should see in the tournament. Um, Gonzaga, though, I think they're going to murder um, St. Mary's. I got winning ninety-two to seventy-four. I'm just picking a random score there. I don't know. I just think they're going to win easily. The one thing I want to say about Gonzaga quickly, after this game against St. Mary's, they'd have four games left, three of them on the road, and they end the season at San Francisco and at St. Mary's, two teams that could be tournament teams for the WCC. So if Gonzaga were to lose, which I don't think they will because they're Gonzaga, but that St. Mary's game on the road to end the season is going to be huge. Yeah, the uh... – West Coast Conference, though, other than these two teams, have kind of been faltering. BYU's falling apart. San Fran's falling apart. Um, and if your team's like – we'll be talking about the Mountain West soon. But if your team's from the Mountain West and your team's from the OVC, if you're Belmont, Mary State, you're you're rooting hard for, like, San Francisco and BYU to continue losing. Because if the WCC is able to get three or four bids, I don't think there's any way you're going to get two bids out of the OVC and – potentially five bids out of the Mountain West. It'll probably be more like three. So, um, But I like Gonzaga. Don't have much to say about this one. 85-70. Zags are just kind of at that point in the season where they're just steamrolling anything that's in their path. So I like them 85-70 here. Uh, don't really think St. Mary's has the offensive firepower to keep up. Pac-12 now on Saturday night. Number 12, UCLA, 17-4. At number 21, USC, who's also 20-4. and four. Um, This is a 10 o'clock tip-off. I have UCLA winning this game 81-69. I think USC is not that good. Um, USC, you know, almost lost to the night to Pacific. They play them on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Almost lost that game at home. Um, I think UCLA is also kind of – both these teams, you know, kind of faltering. You don't really know what you're getting with these teams. USC in a lot of brackets is being projected around that six line. 
I think they'd be a very popular 11 over 6 upset in the first round. So um, give me UCLA here. I just think they're a much better team from top to bottom. And I think USC is going to get exposed. I like UCLA as well. 74-67. I think USC is a pretender as well. Kind of struggle against inferior competition. Let them, like, hang around. Uh, and UCLA, on the other hand, has Final Four potential when they're clicking, but they're inconsistent as well. They just lost last week in a triple overtime game to Arizona State. So I like the Bruins in this one, though, especially if Isaiah Mobley is still out. He was out in that Pacific game. Um, he's obviously their best player. If he's out in this one, uh, the the Bruins are going to roll, I think. Uh, but I like them to go U- to USC and win this game. Um, and then we go to Sunday, one game on Sunday, right before the Super Bowl. Um, we got Mountain West game between Colorado State at 18-3 at Boise State, 18-5. 4 o'clock tip-off on FS1. Uh, both these teams are playing Friday night as well. I have Boise winning this game 80-79. Not a lot to say about it. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a lot of these teams besides and we've been out you know, on the Friday night and late Saturday night. Um, but th- this league is very exciting. The Mountain West could be a potential five-bid league, which is crazy to me. I think Gonzaga should jump over to the Mountain West, but that's just me. Um, anyways, I think Boise is going to win this game. I think it's going to be a very fun game. Perfect 4 o'clock tip-off to lead us right into the Super Bowl. Yeah. I like Colorado State going on the road here, 77-75. Uh, exciting time to be a fan of both of these teams, um, either one or just this conference in a whole. It's a historic season for them. Um, they both have a chance at an at-large spot still here in mid-February. Boise has only lost one game, though, since December. Um, and it was at Wyoming who's looking legit. They've been on a roll. Uh, but Colorado State is the best player in the Mountain West, and David Roddy. I think he hits a late shot uh, for the game winner. Uh, and then we head right into the Super Bowl, so an exciting game there. Uh, before we head out, though, Joe, who is your Super Bowl pick? I think the Bengals are going to win on a game-winning field goal. I like the Bengals as well. Uh, late Joe Burrow touchdown drive in the last like, minute or two to win it. Uh, but that'll do it. Any last-second comments for college basketball this week? Everyone have a great weekend. All right, we'll talk soon.